My name is Erin Kenny, and I'm a registered dietitian, holistic cannabis practitioner, and master of nutrition science. Welcome to my podcast, Nutrition Rewired, where I share cutting-edge practical advice to improve your health and debunk myths to help you rewire the way you think about nutrition and wellness. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am here with John Green. Hi, John. How you doing? Good, good. Today, we are going to be discussing herbs and adaptogens, especially as they relate to our immune system, especially given the current situation that we have going on right now with the COVID pandemic. So I'm going to brag about John real quick. He is the founder of Adaptonic and is a master herbalist and nutritional consultant. For more than a decade, John has cultivated an intimate working knowledge of the influence that herbs have in maintaining our overall health, expertise in the use of herbs and tonics, and a progressive perspective on life's everyday wear, as well as its expression in the body. Wow, that is so powerful. Considered a pioneer, John was also a huge influencer and advocate in the Massachusetts medical marijuana movement, founding two separate entities and obtaining four licenses. And I, of course, respect this as being someone who is a big advocate for medicinal cannabis use as a holistic cannabis practitioner. So welcome, John, and we are so lucky to have you. Thank you for having me. I feel blessed. I think the, 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 the hardest part about today's episode is going to be keeping it within a certain time frame because anytime that I've spoken with John, his passion for his work is very clear and it's not often that I get to engage with individuals in the field who are just as passionate and like-minded. So we'll do the best that we can. <laughs> <laughs> So let's give the listeners an overview on what a virus is, how it interacts with the host, because I think that it's really important that people have a foundation before we segue into the herbs and adaptogens. So yeah, the, most people have a very abstract kind of uh, understanding of a virus. And you know, when we start understanding a virus, we can the more information we have about um, something that affects the body, uh, the more we have the ability to actually protect ourselves from it. So a virus is a pretty interesting pathogen. <clears throat> Unlike bacteria, um, it needs uh, an actual host to repl replicate. Um, usually a virus enters through the body, uh, through mucosal membranes, through the eyes, through the respiratory system, um, and through blood. Um, and even the COVID, uh, you know, you can have little micro tears on your hands and that's kind of the dangerous part about viruses that it can actually enter through the bloodstream. Um, now, once the virus gets in the body, um, it, the, the main kind of function of the virus, um, is it, it even though it, it needs a host, uh, to actually replicate, um, it has a, it has some genetic information that's critical for making copies of itself, but it can't really get the job done without borrowing our enzymes and our molecules um, to basically concoct more of the virus itself. Mm. Well, that's interesting. And so obviously why you mentioned the part about the mucous membrane. So that's why everybody's wearing masks, right? And yes. I remember the other day I was going to the store and my mm -hmm. mom said I had glasses on and she's like, oh no, keep your glasses on. So so you said your eyes, that's actually a way that a virus can, in, in this case, COVID can actually get through the mucous membranes in our eyes. Absolutely. And, and one of the, you know, your mom said, keep your glasses on, although viral particulates when in the air, um, unless you have goggles that actually tighten to the actual skin, mm. you know, a pair of regular glasses are not going to be that effective. And okay. uh, even most of the, just to add on to the, a lot of people are, are the, the CDC is recommending that we use face masks um, or, or face coverings. Uh, but a lot of those face coverings, they're not really protecting us from the virus itself. So it's more for, um, because it's obviously that we don't have enough masks, but it's, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's ineffective, but it is more for people feeling um, like they have control over the situation and feeling a little more safe. Mm, that makes sense. <clears throat> so now that we know what a virus is, how do we fight it? Well, really looking at the virus 
you know, once it enters the body itself, um, it, it has a, a certain envelope, this outer layer uh, that's sometimes made of a, a lipid substance. And once it gets into the body, um, our immune system can actually do something with it. But the way the virus works in the body is that as it comes into contact with our cells, um, that viral envelope, um, just imagine like gears that are uh, connected to, um, you know, other gears. Well, think of our, the viral envelope is one of the gears and our cell membranes is the other. And that virus kind of connects and clicks into the cell membrane. Um, and it either absorbs straight through the cell membrane through lipids. And once it touches, it goes straight into the cell or it attaches to the site and injects um, some of its genetic information. Um, into the cell to allow the virus to then replicate and then take over the cell. Um, it does sound a little bit scary and sci-fi-ish, and, but it, it's 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 interesting um, because it it's it's for me as an herbalist, uh, there's there's ways to actually disengage um, and render the virus useless um, because that viral envelope is one of the most important things um, that that virus has. To doing any sort of damage within the body and actually creating a foothold. Um, and one of the, well, some of the herbs that, that I utilize part of the last decade um, can effectively attach itself to the virus, break down the viral envelope, um, one of them being cystis and canis, or just known as cystis. Cystis is a Mediterranean herb that basically um, grows on the sides of mountains and pretty harsh inclement weather uh, and it produces a phenomenal amount of, of phyto compounds. One of those compounds is, is able to attach itself around the viral envelope and break it down, effectively killing the virus itself. Another great herb, and it's another wildcrafted herb, um, is lomatium um, or known as lomatium dissectum. Now, I'll, I'll the, the kind of mainstream word that you'll probably hear when you hear about this herb is, is lomation itself. It's grown on the West coast and it is phenomenal. Um, it has been shown to be stronger than any M2 inhibiting, uh, influenza, uh, drugs. Um, it's phenomenal. Um, it, it actually deeply or uprooting any viruses, um, that are within the cell itself that have already made it into the cell. And it's almost almost produces a viral detoxification effect, a very deep viral detoxification effect um, in the body, pushing the virus out of the cell. And at that point, um, when combined with cystis, um, the cystis will start wrapping itself around the virus, breaking the envelope down and destroying the virus. Um, another great herb um, is... Um, an herb by the name of olive leaf and olive leaf is from the same uh, tree that we, we get our olive oil. Um, the leaf itself has phenomenal antiviral effects. Um, it's antimicrobial, it's antibacterial, it's antifungal, um, but it works a little bit slower. Um, and it really, when, when combined with cystis and canis and, and combined with lomatium, um, it acts as a hammer to the virus helping breaking to break down the envelope and killing the virus in its tracks. Um, it's very effective. It's very fast. Um, and I, I actually, I, another herb that, that has been talked about, um, and been used in China, um, you know, for the virus itself is actually licorice root. Um, I combine all of these herbs together. Licorice root I use for it, partly for its antiviral effects because it has been shown to kill about 2,000 various different influenza uh, strains um, or viral strains. Um, but I actually use it uh, as a secondary herb, which basically helps the formula um, assimilate um, much more efficiently uh, into the body. Um, and I'll explain a little bit about um, how you can use a formula like this um, which is you can take it as a prophylactic or as a preventative, um, lower doses, um, one, uh, one dose twice a day. Um, and if there ever is an active infection, you can increase those doses, um, upwards of two to three doses, three times a day, depending on your body weight. Um, I've used this, 
uh, over the last two and a half months, uh, we have been in the process of moving uh, not just my facility in which we're uh, producing uh, all of our products, but also um, moving my family from one home to another. And I've had very little sleep. Um, I actually, uh, over four different occasions, uh, right at the end of, of a day, four different times, I actually got, I, I felt chills. Um, I felt a, a, basically a flu coming on. Um, and I've actually increased my dose uh, right at the end of the day by, you know, three to four doses, woke up the next morning, gone. So I, I've, I've been using this um, on myself and my family, and that's kind of how I produce my products. I, I, I bring them into market right before I bring them in. Well, in, right before I bring them into market, I'll, I'll basically try them on many different test subjects, family, friend, uh, and, and a lot of my patients uh, in my own practice. Um, you know, to see how effective they really are. Um, but I've, I've used this consistently and, and using a like formula or similar formula uh, will will basically garner uh, similar results. Okay, awesome. And so if, so these are, you're talking about herbs and, you know, this formula that you can use, and this is a way to kind of um, attack a virus. Now, so is this in the case of, okay, so your body's not naturally able to do it on its own. So this is something that's kind of like assisting in the process that would naturally be happening in the body. Is that right? So the, one of the biggest things that, the, the, the biggest lines of defense that we, we really have uh, against COVID is, is really, you know, an antiviral protocol and really boosting or, or strengthening uh, your immune system. Your immune response uh, is everything in your body. When a virus is going through your body and can attach itself, or even if a virus actually goes into your cells, um, our body, uh, a lot of times, uh, can actually uh, handle the virus, or the virus um, basically becomes... Um, it becomes inactive because viruses are very unique. They're, they're, they're very unique in that they're, they're very patient and they're opportunistic. They'll wait and wait and wait and sit in the system, um, not replicating, sitting inside of the cell, laying, laying dormant, waiting for the body's immune system um, to, uh, to weaken. And at that point, uh, that is when a virus will actually come out. One of the biggest things you can do for this um, is, is basically strengthen your immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, and the immune system is just this big network of, uh, of specialized cells, tissues, and organs um, that protect the body from pathogens like virus. Um, and one of the, uh, the early and most um, problematic consequences of, of chronic stress, which most of us Americans deal with, um, is a decrease in activity of the immune system. So one of the biggest ways of, of actually keeping our immune system um, strong and healthy and allowing us to actually fight a virus is to deal with our stress um, and deal with our stress in healthy, healthy ways. Um, there's herbs out there. I'm an herbalist. I, I love to tout herbs, but I, I've been using these herbs for so many years and in so many different conditions and watch this in so many different conditions where there's a specific set of herbs that I love the most. Um, which I actually built my entire company on, named my company after, which is adaptogens. Um, adaptogens are uh, so. Before we go in, before we go yes. into the adaptogens, I kind of want to come back to your point um, about strengthening the immune system because I think that that's also something that the listeners might be really interested in. Um, you talked a lot about stress, and I think you know none of us are immune to that, especially right now. And, um, you know, you mentioned different tissues in the body and how we've got this network. And, you know, as we both know, about 70% of those immune cells are located in our gut. And so that's a huge, you know, portion of our immune system. So making sure that our gut is healthy, because if it's not, then we're going to be having these heightened responses to things like the viruses or improper responses to it. And also talking about like nutrient deficiencies, you know, so there's a ton of supplements out there that people are reaching for like vitamin D and thing, you know, zinc. And if we're not already getting enough of these, then our immune system is not going to be functioning optimally. Agreed. Agreed. I I think that there's uh, one of the biggest, uh, most people, when they think of gut health, they think of probiotics. And I think probiotics is one of the uh, super important nutrient taken in the body, not just any probiotic, but an actual good quality um, probiotic, something that has anywhere between 20 and 30 billion uh, microorganisms 
um, and something that, uh, you know, making sure you leave that probiotic in the fridge that it never is exposed to light. It will immediately start losing um, potency, um, regardless of whether it hits light um, as it is over age or, or as it ages over time. Um, but getting a, a good quality multi-strain probiotic uh, is very, very important. Um, and I think to couple that, one of the biggest things that affects that gut health is, is sugar consumption, um, you know, in the form of regular you know, sugar and, and also alcohol. And I think, you know, if someone is drinking alcohol or eating sugar, it's also doubly important to actually consume a, a good quality probiotic every day. I think the other is zinc. Zinc, um, most of us don't really understand what zinc does in the body. It's pretty much controls or, or plays a part in every, diff, every enzymatic and, and physiological response that happens in the body. Without it, a lot of these things just don't happen. One of the biggest things that zinc does in terms of the gut is it helps us synthesize protein. Um, and just to give you an idea, when we don't break down protein, um, we, became, we become very mucousy um, and our bacterial imbalance uh, starts to get out of whack or bacteria about bacterial uh, balance starts getting out of whack. And then that is, uh, it's super important to be able to, um, properly break down your, your proteins, uh, in your body, um, through your, not just through your gut, but through the rest of your digestive tract. Yeah. I had a, I had a client last week who she has been taking a zinc supplement. And I think a lot of people are running to the stores and taking supplements and, <laughs> There's, there needs to be a lot of caution around this and hopefully the listeners can take this away because I just found a pill of it in my stepdad's, um, you know, cupboard that they shouldn't be using it for more than a week because they can actually create that copper deficiency, which can actually dampen your immune system and make you worse off than you would be. Absolutely. And I, and I think, um, the, the copper deficiencies and I, I think, uh, is somewhat rare, um, and, I, and, and in, in, in my eyes, I think most of us consume an excess amounts of copper and not enough zinc. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that is, is because our soils are so deficient in well, zinc is the number one most efficient mineral um, um, in the world. And the next one is magnesium in our soils. And if it doesn't get into, if it's not in our soils, it won't get into the food. And if it doesn't get into the food, it won't get into our, our, our bodies. Um, but there's so much copper that we consume day in and day out, um, especially when you think about you know drinking water out of a uh, out of a tap. Um, you know, a lot of that it, that most of that water comes through copper pipes. Copper is super um, soft, and it almost makes colloidal copper. So when we're drinking one glass of water, we could get an abundance of copper that our body didn't actually need. And as our copper serum levels start to rise in our blood the zinc serum levels start to drop um, because what happens is our zinc acts as a almost kind of sacrificial, uh, it's, well, it sacrifices itself for, uh, to get rid of uh, the excess copper. Um, but I, I definitely, um, agree that, that copper toxicity, uh, or copper deficiency, um, could very well be a problem. And I think, one of the biggest things when taking a zinc supplement, making sure that you don't take more than 30 milligrams at a time um, or more than 30 milligrams during the course of a day. If you're going through massive amounts of stress um, or let's say you drank alcohol, a consistent amount of a uh, significant amount of alcohol the night before, that is a time when you could possibly do, you know, 60 milligrams of zinc to replenish your body. But doing that day in and day out, um, I agree, Aaron, would, would basically um, create uh, imbalance, uh, imbalance on the other side. Mm. Very interesting. That's, that's very helpful to know. Um, I also read some research about how it could possibly, you know, impair the absorption of antibiotics and um, mess with the RNA replication. I don't know how accurate any of that is. Um, it was just something that I know that physicians were cautioning on um, for people who were reaching for that supplement. Um, so I think this is, this is super helpful. All of this is, there's a lot to take in. I'm sure the listeners are maybe feeling a little overwhelmed. So hopefully we can pull this all together and we're definitely going to have some tips here at the end. Um, John also talked about his, um, his formulas that he's created, which I think is, um, definitely something we'll touch a little bit more towards the end. 
Um, so just in general, I think there's a lot of supplements out there that are being promoted to prevent or to treat COVID-19. I saw some like crazy claim about some like NFL player who like has a line of CBD products and he tweeted that CBD can cure the coronavirus. And I just, I hate seeing messages out there like that because it makes me sad because we don't, we don't know anything about curing coronavirus right now. And people are really vulnerable to messages like this. And so, so I digress, but in general, the research that I've looked into, um, none of these have been proven to work, but some have potential benefit. And this is based on the research that I found. And the list includes, um, never even heard of this one, but astragalus, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, astragalus. Um, Echinacea, elderberry, um, probiotics, particularly the the, uh, lactic acid producing strains, um, quercetin, turmeric, and curcumin. And then the last one was zinc. So those are the ones that I had found in research to help. And this is, again, reducing the symptoms. We're not talking about um, supplements that are curing COVID or, you know, making you immune to that. Um, But I'd love to hear your perspective on kind of some of the um, natural supplements or adaptogens or herbs that you use that um, have some research behind them. Because I know you've sent me some research that I've looked into that was supportive of these in terms of upper respiratory tract infections and influenza. And so I'd love to hear maybe your biggest um, takeaways or like the list of ones that you think are going to be the most useful in terms of fighting this virus and how they can be used. Absolutely. Um, I think some of the, my, my most favorite herbs, um, to kind of lead back into is really the adaptogens, um, and how, how they strengthen the entire system of the body. Cause one of the biggest things is that we can handle a lot. A lot of people, for instance, have Lyme disease. Um, and this is a, you know, a great example where many people are affected by Lyme. But um, there are many people that have had Lyme in their system, test for Lyme, and uh, have never had a single issue. And there are others who literally their, their entire health is, is just breaking down. Um, and the same goes for, um, for viruses. And, and a lot of these adaptogens um, have been you know, shown in, in really, really uh, uh, harsh environments like uh, Siberia, where there's you know, they, they did a study with 2000 truckers where, uh, they gave them, uh, Eleuthero, which is a, uh, it's a Siberian root also known as, um, Siberian ginseng, although it's not a ginseng. Um, it is, it has been shown to, um, reduce the risk of getting the, uh, the flu over the flu season, uh, by somewhere around 60%. And, you know, these studies, you could go on and on and on, but I, I, I do look at what are the, what are the best herbs for this situation right now? And I, I think one of the biggest things when we look at COVID, <clears throat> we look at what is it actually doing and, and what's it impairing? It's, 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 it's really weakening the, the lung systems or it's attacking uh, the respiratory systems. And there are some adaptogens out there uh, that basically strengthen adaptogens and, and, you know, strengthen the actual lung system. Um, and for those who don't know a little bit about adaptogens, I, I think I should just explain a little bit. Um, one of the, the, the biggest thing about adaptogens is, is that they, they are bi-directional. Now, most herbs move in one direction. Um, kava kava is uh, more of a sedative. Um, and so if you give kava kava to someone that's hyperactive, um, it will decrease that hyperactivity and, and kind of bring them back into a state of balance. But if you take that that herb, um, because it moves in one direction, uh, it acts as a sedative, so it moves into a, a hypo state. It will basically, um, it will create imbalance if taken longer than they need to or at higher doses than they need to. Um, adaptogens are very different because they are, they are bi-directional. So regardless of whether the body is in a hypo or hyper state, um, whether it's in excess or deficiency, it will bring the body back to balance or what we call as homeostasis. And homeostasis is stability. Our system thrives in stability. That's when our immune system is strongest. That's when our nervous systems are the most nourished. Um, that's when our endocrine system is in the most balanced. Um, and we're able to withstand um, a lot of pathogens, specifically 
viruses and bacteria when our body is in that state. Um, adaptogens um, are completely non-toxic and you know they can be taken for an extended periods of time um, in higher doses uh, without any adverse um, effects uh, in the body. Um, they have a normalizing effect regardless, as I just said, regardless of whether the body is in a hypo or hyper state. Um, and the is a non-specific response um, to various different stressors. So it allows us to deal with physical, chemical um, stressors um, in a much more healthier and much more fortified way um, than when not taking them. And these people who have been, well, people have done a lot of studies around adaptogens, especially the Russians uh, back in the, um, the 40s into the 50s. Um, and they had every one of their, uh, they, they did it for Olympic athletes because they wanted to see, they wanted to give them the edge um, without obviously giving them uh, any chemical um, anabolic enhancers. Um, and they started using adaptogens, they did a lot of studies on adaptogens. And it just, uh, the, the Russians crushed it over the course of, you know, an entire decade. Um, and they probably attributed a lot of that to adaptogens. It allowed these athletes to push themselves longer, um, to get less sleep, um, just for high endurance. Now, bring that in with, you know, the body under all those circumstances are in a massive amount of stress. Our immune system starts going down when people start pushing themselves harder. Um, you know, our immunity is one of the first things that goes down, um, because stress has a, has a specific response in the body and it really, really weakens the immune system. Um, when you're, when you're in those situations now, couple that, you know, you, you basically bring it to our, our modern day. We're constantly under massive amounts of stress. We have, um, technology that is, uh, that is increasing our, you know, the speed of thought and, uh, increasing our work days. Um, we need to get more work done where, where our immune systems are being affected by this. Um, some of the best herbs that I love, the best adaptogens that I love to use and all adaptogens are not alike. There are 20 of them out, you know, out of all of the thousands of herbs out there, there are only a 20 that have been really crowned the uh, classification of adaptogen. Um, but uh, one of the best ones that I love is astragalus. Um, astragalus supports the lungs. Um, it strengthens the lung system. <clears throat> it, uh, it, it can rebuild immunity, especially with an exhausted immunity. So, for instance, uh, you know, this coronavirus kind of hit at the, you know, going into March uh, in this country. And, and a lot of people had already been sick with the flu and already people had been, you know, consistently sick throughout the year, had lung issues. This is when astragalus, um, you know, is at its best. Those are perfect and most appropriate um, time to take astragalus. Um, the other I, I really, really love is Dang Shen, which is really an un, you know, not really well-known adaptogen or even herb itself. And how do you um, spell? A, how do you spell that? Just for people listening. Dang Shen is D A N G, and then second word S H E N. Okay. Um, and Dang Shen is great for the heart. Um, it's great for, it's a very uh, calming adaptogen, um, but it's phenomenal for the immune system and modulating the immune system. And what I mean by modulate is some of us have underactive immune systems and some of us have overactive immune systems. Now, it does not mean anything outside of both of those terms mean that our immune systems are compromised and weakened. Um, we should not have an immune system that overacts or overreacts, um, you know, to various different things in the body. That's when we're looking at autoimmune disease. And that is, it's, it's hard when a system is constantly running and, and, and uh, overreacting to various different things. Now, the, the underactive immune system, obviously, you, you probably get the, the hint that it's not working um, efficiently, it's not working hard enough, and again, that's another weak, but uh, a, a weak uh, or compromised um, state of the body. Um, the uh, Deng Shen has the ability to, as well as Astralis, has the ability to modulate and move that immune system from overactive or underactive back homeostasis where it's the strongest um, and where it's able to actually uh, defend itself against uh, any sort of pathogen that enters the system. The other one I really, really love um, is holy basil. Um, holy basil is a phenomenal herb. Um, it looks very much like basil when you grow it in a garden. Um, uh, it's also known as Tulsi, T-U-L-S-I. And it's, it's great for building immunity, um, bringing down levels of stress, 
Um, and uh, I think another one that comes to mind uh, is reishi mushroom uh, as well as cordyceps. Uh, cordyceps is also a fungus uh, uh, mushroom that um, both uh, one is great for building the lungs, which is cordyceps. Um, it's also great for enhancing uh, cellular immunity. Your uh, enhancing B cell, um, your T and B cells, um, and then the uh, the reishi is great for overall um, kind of immune modulator. Um, now, taking all of these herbs individually um, are shown to be very, very effective. But what I've seen in my own practice and, um, you know, has been in concert with many other uh, herbalists who have used these herbs um, over the past decade, I think you putting these herbs together and taking them together um, create a formula that is um, more than the sum of its parts and much more effective um, uh, for the body. And, and you don't need to take, you know, one single dose of astragalus and one single dose of reishi and one single dose of, of 15 other different herbs. Um, they can be taken in smaller doses um, and uh, or when combined together. Um, and, you know, that's uh, kind of leads me into, um, you know. Now question for you, is it... Yeah. Is it more effective to take them in smaller doses combined or, or is there like any harm to take? Cause I know like a lot of people will buy online, they'll go and get like the reishi mushroom and they'll put it in their coffee or they'll get ashwagandha. And so is there, is there any harm or is, are you missing out on any certain benefit by isolating them alone? Um, when you say, uh, well, when you can absolutely, when you combine them together, as long as you're taking the herbs, together um they they produce a very similar effect i don't uh I, and they do not create any toxicity in the body um i will say it's a uh, buying um buying individual and taking larger doses you could be taking smaller doses of all these individual herbs um and getting um just as great effects uh, as as when you take them all you know when you're taking full doses of them um i always look at adaptogens as I do anywhere between two and three doses a day, depending on whether it's a stimulating formula, whether it's a, you know, um, whether it's not. Um, but you, there's no need to take an excessive amount of adaptogens itself. Um, and taking them twice a day, um, you know, uh, our formula combining all of them or um, taking individual ones uh, twice a day um, and keeping them, you know, spread apart first thing in the morning and maybe later on in the afternoon, I think was, uh, is super effective. And about how long would someone have to use an adaptogen or an herb to see the benefits? Um, obviously in the case of COVID this, you, you mentioned, this is a more of a preventative thing in terms of strengthening immune system, but say somebody's using them for sleep or stress or, you know, improved energy and focus, how long would you say that someone's body would take to respond? Or would you say that it's individualized depending on the person? Well, no, I, that's a great question. Oh, those are great two questions. And, and, you know, to, it, it is, I'll start with, uh, everybody is different. I take herbs. Um, when I take adaptogens, I remember taking my first adaptogen, uh, or adaptogenic formula, uh, I remember my first adaptogenic form. Sounds so. Bad. Yeah, I, I do. I remember. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I was like, I remember. That's that's what really got me thinking. Okay, there's something to this. Um, but I remember feeling near immediate, and I say immediate, within an hour to two hours of taking the formula, I actually felt different. Um, now, I am probably what you would consider a pretty sensitive individual. Um, not to say that I take smaller doses of something and can feel it significantly although I, that, that is true for some things for me, when it comes down to herbs, I can immediately feel them in my body and adaptogens. Um, they work differently, um, for many different, for all different people. And, and some people feel the effects within days. Some people feel the effects within weeks. Um, adaptogens are very subtle. Um, aside from ginseng, which is an adaptogen, which is very stimulating adaptogen. Um, at least the red ginseng is, um, it, it, you don't really feel, most people don't really feel the effects of the adaptogens, um, for any, anywhere between three, um, and six weeks. Um, but just because they don't feel it consciously, um, does not mean that the adaptogens are already not starting to work in the body. Um, most people feel at the end of a week, maybe two weeks that they're 
have an increased sense of energy. Um, they're, uh, they're feeling more alert. Um, their system feels, um, or they're able to work longer hours without feeling tired. They don't get that dip in the middle of the day. Um, when I was using my adaptogens for the first time, I basically, I, I basically was working, we were building this, we were on this massive garden project that I would, that I've created, um, in Kentucky. And then I, at night I would, I would go straight, you know, take a shower go straight to a bar that I was, I was managing that, um, we were working until about two to three o'clock in the morning. And I usually got that drop at about 10 o'clock that I was just exhausted. Um, and after about two to three weeks of taking adaptogens, I never felt that drop again. I never felt tired, although I could easily go to sleep. Now, I never felt stimulated, but I could easily go to sleep. But adaptogens, again, to answer that question, are very subtle. They're very subtle the way they work in the system. Um, uh, most people um, don't feel them consciously um, for at least three, maybe even four weeks. And I think to John's point, you know, he mentioned earlier about homeostasis. So these are not these are not things that are supposed to make you like superwoman or superman. And, you know, it's not like a jolt of caffeine. It sounds like it's really more so again, bringing your body back to balance and doing, it sounds like kind of what your body should naturally be doing. Yes. And to add to that, um, when in terms of superman or superwoman, I did feel after, you know, six to 10 weeks or six to eight weeks of taking these herbs, I felt like I could do more, than I ever have. And that was when I immediately said, I'm into this. I want to start doing this. <laughs> I'm and, on board. And, yeah. And, and, and I just started making them. That's all I started doing. And I was yeah. like making them for myself. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until someone had asked me, it was the bar I was working at. There was many different um, people working at the bar that were having trouble sleeping or having this. And they were watching me take these herbal concoctions every day. And, and they finally said, do you do you have any that you could give to us? And I said, yeah, no problem. And many different people, I gave them for this or this or this or this. And then after, you know, three or four weeks, they all came back and said, we'd like, we'd like to buy them. So I said, I think I'm going to start a business. Uh, and that's how it started. This is over, uh, this is about 11 years ago. Um, awesome. But in terms of Superman and Superwoman, I really do feel that it, it, it pushes, it allows the body to push itself beyond its limits. Um, or at least its current limits. And most of us, um, most of us are compromised. And even myself at certain moments, I'm compromised. I consume adaptogens consistently because I'm, you know, I have a child that's, you know, two years old and I have a, a you know, couple businesses and, and we, you know, my wife and I, we are underslept a lot of the times. And the only way really I can get through it all um, and at least counter some of the effects um, if not the majority of effects of, and I can't, you can't counter all the effects. You need sleep. Sleep is the, uh, sleep is the most important thing you could possibly do, but you need, you need something in these times. Um, and adaptogens has me, has allowed me to do it. So allow me to get through anyways. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I love hearing people's stories because it's typically how, I mean, I know it's how I got into my profession is you, you start to take care of yourself and figure out how you can be the best version. And then you start helping the people around you that you love. And then all of a sudden you say, well, I want to do what I love for a career. So let's just uh, pull it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's, 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 it's great. It's That's really great. great. Um, so I think also, you know, we've just got a few minutes um, left to go. And like I said, we could talk about this all day. Um, and I think from a dietary perspective, um, you know, I just definitely want to stress the importance of diet and John and I were off air before this talking and I had said, you know, I really want to make sure that we stress, you know, the impact of food first. I have a very food first mentality and you can respond in what you said. (laughs) So, um, Foods, uh, herbs are food. Um, I, I, I look at herbs as food. Uh, I've always looked at them as food. We combine various different herbs and spices in our foods, and those herbs and spices have actions in the body. Um, but I, I do think that, uh, I, I think, you know, herbs are food. They're medicine, but they're food, and I think food is medicine. Um, I think, 
Is there anything else you want to no. add? I mean, and if you go on, you know, I'm just looking at your website and, you know, the products that you're offering, you know, dandelion and, um, you know, cinnamon and clove, all things that I have in my kitchen as spices. And so these are essentially just more potent forms um, of these things that we're eating, you know, so I think it's so important to note that, you know, you should have variety in your diet, you should be using spices, you should be getting enough vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc from foods, of course, but it sounds like there's this great application of these, you know, more concentrated forms that has benefited a lot of people, not only just in some research. Um, I know you were kind of, you know, showing some in, in those Olympic athletes. When I did the research on it, it was dating all the way back to World War II, where they were using, you know, certain herbs to help with stimulation of pilots and, you know, submarine specialists to keep them awake and energized. So, you know, I, I want people to understand this is not just some kind of fluffy, you know, you know, herbal supplement that can change your life. It's, you know, these are, these are food items and they're coming from food. And I think it's important to remember that. Um, but another point that I also want to bring up is quality. And, um, you know, I've talked to John off air about kind of where he sources his items. And, you know, can you just touch on quality and how important that is? Because I know, you know, for any supplement that I'm recommending for a client, a dietary supplement, I mean, the quality is so important. I'm not just going to say, go take a probiotic or go take this. You know, you, you, the quality is, is everything. So if you could just speak to that. Absolutely. The, the, one of the biggest things that there, as a company, what we, what we pride ourselves in, and strive to do is find um, the best quality herbs, meaning that they, they, they have to be one, uh, they have to be organic um, and, uh, or wildcrafted. Uh, wildcrafted herbs are, are much more, uh, usually higher concentrations of, of active um, phyto compounds in the plant. And I love to work with those plants. Um, um, but the next best thing is most of us are not finding massive amounts of herbs in nature is making, making sure that there's no pesticides and herbicides and, uh, in the soils itself, uh, that the herbs are actually grown in. Um, and, uh, you know, we source everything from our alcohol is, you know, is, you know, sustainable, um, you know, way of, of producing alcohol. Most, most alcohol is produced with corn, uh, and wheat, which are, are two not really great sustainable, um, uh, sustainable agricultural commodities, um, just usually the way that they're, they're produced and, and, you know, the kind of chemicals that they put in. Um, but, uh, sugar is, is in order to make alcohol, it's obviously the most needed, uh, nutrient to, uh, to actually make that, um, make alcohol. So sugar, uh, cane is what is actually used, um, to create our, 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 uh, our alcohol that we use for our plants. Um, used for all of our extracts. And, um, you know, I think one of the biggest, you know, things is that we're, we're, we're looking to one, no matter what support the soil, um, supporting herbs, uh, supporting businesses, uh, that are, are really, uh, doing a good job. And I don't say just good as in pat yourself on the back, doing a, a good job at, 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 at supporting the soil because the soil is everything. That's the foundation for, our entire business. Um, without it, we could not produce products that were actually um, medicinally sound. So. Mm, I love that. Um, I wish we could end on that, but I have more questions. Um, I love mm. that the point about the soil. Now, unfortunately, we're coming to time. So I want to give the listeners kind of what your three big takeaways would be. And this can relate to COVID. This could relate to just herbs in general. Um, you know, what would your three takeaways for the listener to be, um, in terms of importance? Well, I think, you know, this is a topic of our times right now. And I, I think, you know, speaking of something that's relevant and, you know, we did speak about COVID and, and I think it's something that's on people's minds. And I, I think, you know, I'll kind of stick to the three things that I feel right now is the most relevant and is really one, um, build your immunity, um, you know, do it through adaptogenic herbs. Um, some of the herbs that I spoke about or check out my website. And uh, one of the, the best um, formulas that I feel like I've produced in a long time, um, you know, is, is a product called Immumend. Um, you know, it strengthens the lungs. It um, modulates your immunity, strengthens your immunity. Um, and it really reduces or <clears throat> significantly reduces the um, effects of stress. Um, take it now and take it through the summer because I think one of the, 
Most people do not realize that this virus will come back. Um, it will mutate over the summer. Um, it's going to come back and it will be stronger, just like the 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 flu or the Spanish flu in 1918. Um, there were more deaths in, in October um, than there were in the, uh, the majority of uh, of the entire flu season previous that year. Um, so strengthening your immunity now, taking that now and through the summer and, and, and certainly into the fall and getting your immune system prepared. I think the second thing um, is, is keeping an antiviral protocol, smaller doses, one dose twice a day, um, you know, doing some herbs like lamation, um, you know, cystus, olive leaf, um, licorice. Uh, these are things, you know, I combined into a formula. It's called Virovade. Um, you can find it on the website, um, taking smaller doses now while there's act still active infection. Um, when the summer hits, we don't know how this virus is going to affect, um, well, how it's going to be affected. We know this viral particulates are in the air. Once there's more moisture available in the air, those viral particulates start to absorb water and they start to fall to the ground. That's why there's a cold and flu season. It's very dry in the winter, very moist in the summer. We could see a pretty, you know, huge dip. Um, but, um, keeping a small amount of antivirals, at least in, in, until uh, the CDC says, you know, we're, we're in the clear. Um, and then obviously starting back up again, you know, come September, getting your body prepared, I think is um, the smartest thing um, to, to preventing uh, uh, a virus and, and also during active infection. Um, the, the third thing I think is, um, and you're probably all gonna hate me for this, uh, stay away from sugar. Um, and, and that comes in the form of cookies and, uh, also in the form of, uh, you know, your, your, your favorite tasty beverage. Um, but these are the things that will suppress the immune system more than anything. Um, more than any, sorry, more than any substance you can put in your body, sugar and alcohol. Um, and I, and I know that everybody right now is, is probably looking to that and turning to that as, as their crutch. Um, as I am, I, I know my wife is, um, you know, in various different forms, but we, we, uh, we, we love sugar and, and various different things, honey. And, but we're, we're probably consuming more of that. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things is regulating that a little bit, um, trying not to consume that extra cocktail, um, at night and, and, you know, maybe substitute it at the end of the night with like a, a wheatgrass juice powder or something to alkalize the body. Cause one of the biggest things is acid. Uh, an acid environment is is so conducive for a virus. Um, viruses love acid environments, so trying to protect yourself that way, making sure that your body is is somewhat alkaline, um, will will kind of provide. Will not just kind of it will provide uh, you know your body the protection that it actually needs. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you for those, John. Those are excellent. And, you know, I think, again, there's so much stress going on right now amongst everybody and, you know, managing your stress, I would add to that list, you know, using those adaptogens to support you consulting an expert with that. Also disclaimer, which is also on John's website, you should always consult with a physician prior to using these formulas. Um, you know, if you're on any sort of medications or things like that, you always want to look into that and make sure that, you know, there's no potential harm there. And last disclaimer is, you know, the most important thing you can do to avoid infection with coronavirus to prevent exposure. You know, I'm going to sound like a broken record, just like everybody else, but, you know, stay healthy, keep away from, you know, people follow the guidelines that are in your area and, you know, wash your hands and stay healthy. Make sure that you're getting plenty of nutrients, vitamin C, vitamin D, um, variety in your diet. Amen. Last question. My favorite question. What is your ch favorite childhood memory with food? <sighs> so I was trained as a chef later on, um, and I, I, I started off, I remember the first thing that I, I think there's two, I have to say two, because it's the reason why I started eating, why I started cooking. I was making it with my, my godmother, who um, was probably about 84 at the time. Uh, she used to be a, a rocket on Broadway. Uh, she left her husband uh, back in the, um, back in the, the, the 30s and 40s without telling him um this is a very interesting woman but i remember she was uh i was making strawberry shortcake which isn't really cooking at all because i just took you know those little packets of, of shortcakes that you buy at the market and i was putting 
some sort of whipped cream or cool whip. I have no idea. And layering strawberries on it. And she said to me, she goes, are you going to be a chef someday? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. And after that, I actually started cooking and um, from the early ages of uh, nine years old. And I did it out of basically necessity and desire. Um, I wasn't, I desired to have eggs in the morning, but my mother was not the type of person that got up before school and just eat a bowl of cereal with milk or that's it. So I watched my sister, Colleen, eat uh, eggs every morning and I mean, she wouldn't make any eggs for me. Um, so I had to learn how to make eggs. And by the way, any chef will tell you that if you can learn how to cook an egg, you can cook anything, anything, because an egg is the most delicate substance. They say you can cook it on a, on a hot sidewalk, you know, but, but it is the most delicate substance, um, you know, to be mastered. So when you can, if you can master an egg, I always tell people, cook an egg first and you'll be able to cook anything. I love that. All right. I'll yeah. keep that in my back pocket. <laughs> I forgot you. I know you asked me earlier and I forgot that that was coming. So, Well, good. I'm good. glad. Thank you for sharing that memory with us. And Absolutely. those always make me smile. So yeah. John, um, where's the best place for people to get in touch with you? If they're looking to contact you, I'm going to put the link for your website in the show notes, but is there, is it email? Is it, what's the best way? Yeah, John at adaptonic.com uh, would be great. Um, if um, if you have any questions, uh, info at adaptonic or John at adaptonic, um, I'm happy to uh, answer any questions you have regarding dosing, um, you know, any herbs whatsoever. I mean, I'm, 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 uh, I, I really do pride myself and I love interacting with a lot of my customers. Um, a lot of them have questions, a lot of them are new to herbs. And, uh, so please, you know, reach out. Um, sometimes it takes within 24 hours to get a, to get a response, but I, uh, I promise I will, I will get to you and, uh, I'm happy to do it. So, um, and, uh, yeah, check us out at adaptonic.com. Great. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And I so appreciate it. And I will definitely have to do some more on, you know, herbs and adaptogens and all types of things because you are a wealth of knowledge. So thank you so much for coming on. If you are interested in working one-on-one with me to optimize your gut health and overall health and receive highly personalized nutrition coaching, please visit my website, nutritionrewired.com. You can also purchase my book, Rewire Your Gut, there, and it is a great resource to start with if you're not quite ready to invest in my program. It includes gut healing recipes, a sample meal plan, as well as evidence-based information on how to begin improving your health today.